0: Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast.
1: Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On
0: 93
1: WIBC. So let's rock it.
0: Hey, now. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out today. This story from Huntington is pretty gross. Huntington University, small religious university, small college here in Indiana. They've got some major Larry Nassar type of stuff going on here. Now, there's a lot to unpack, so we're going to take this step by step here, okay? So what's going on is two former student athletes at Huntington University on the cross-country team, they've now filed a suit against the school against their former coaches, claiming that the university violated their Title IX rights and failed to protect them from their predatory coach. Now, once we get into the weeds of what is actually taking place here, it's going to be pretty disgusting. So according to the lawsuit, the now former Huntington University cross-country and track coach, Nick Johnson, inappropriately touched female athletes, manipulated them, sexually assaulted them, and injected them with substances. Sweet mother of God. The two former student athletes, their names are out there. I'm not going to say their names. I know they have given the green light for the media to say their names. I don't know. I, I would prefer not to. But they filed in federal court on September 30th, about what was going on here. They were the top runners at Huntington. They won the NAIA National Championship. They won a natty in cross country. Now, also named in this lawsuit is assistant coach Lauren Johnson. That's the wife of the head coach, Nick Johnson. The suit claims that Lauren was kicked out of some Nike Oregon track club in 2015 And Nick, her husband, was fired as an assistant coach at the same time. Now, this is where it gets kind of in the weeds. So make sure we follow along here. After the breakup with this Nike Oregon track club, the lawsuit states that Nick Johnson became involved with some other project, the Nike Oregon project. That was led by some cat named Alberto Salazar, who was found guilty of doping and banned by the United States Anti-Doping Agency and the World Anti-Doping Administration. So think about how dirty you think track and field is in terms of doping, and imagine being too dirty for track and field. That's how bad this project was from Oregon. Now, the plaintiffs here are claiming that the Johnsons, head coach Nick and his wife Lauren, brought those dirty tactics that they learned from this Oregon project to Huntington, where they were coaching the cross-country team. Now, this is from the lawsuit. Again, this was filed on September 30th. Johnson allegedly used shots, pills, and creams on the student-athletes without telling them exactly what the treatments were. Also, quote, Johnson physically held down a student athlete and administered four shots in her lower back and near her uterus as she was recovering from an Achilles injury in poison ivy. The student athlete claims she tried to reject the shots but was not strong enough. One of the student-athletes claims that Coach Johnson raped her on several occasions between July 2020 and November of 2020 using physical force, coercion, threats, and promises. This is all filed in court on September 30th. John Little, the attorney for these student-athletes, these ladies at huntington spoke to our news gathering partners at wish tv there's at
2: least one adult victim of sexual abuse one minor victim of sexual abuse and an innumerable number of people who were injected under false pretenses or against their will
0: now as bad as all this is and that's pretty disgusting you're talking about rape you're talking about forcing an injection on somebody who wanted to get away from it The records show that the coach was previously charged in December after being accused of child seduction, kidnapping, and identity deception. So the dude had somewhat of a record. Once again, here's the attorney, John Little, speaking to Wish TV.
2: They didn't know what they were taking. They they took it under false pretenses, and some of the stuff they straight up did not consent to and were forced to take, physically forced.
0: So this is bad. This is real bad, not only for the atrocious things that happen to these young ladies, these student-athletes, but if the university knew that this dude had a record and they hired him anyway, this is going to be a problem. The lawsuit names the Johnsons, another assistant coach, the university, the board of trustees, all in this lawsuit. The legal team is now urging any other women, any other student-athletes that may have had the same experience to come forward because you don't have to be first anymore so this is a real life kind of Larry Nassar situation happening all over again at a very small very quiet religious institution in the state of Indiana this is pretty bad stuff happening right here now speaking of colleges woke up to the news today about drama happening at Purdue last night Purdue University of Police They're investigating the homicide of a student at a residence hall last night. There was a murder in one of the dorms. A university spokesperson said a 911 call came into the Purdue University Police Department at around 1244 a.m. from McCutcheon Hall. So if you're familiar with West Lafayette, if you're familiar with the campus of Purdue, McCutcheon Hall, one of the residence areas, this is where the murder took place. This is the chief of police at Purdue University, Leslie Wheat.
2: So we are investigating this as a homicide of a Purdue student inside the residence hall, McCutcheon Hall, where we are at today. This investigation is ongoing and will continue for for quite a while. The victim's name... In status here at Purdue University is Varun Manish Chetta, 20 years old, who's a senior in data science. Our suspect name and status with the university, G Min, goes by Jimmy Shaw, 22 years old, he's a junior in cybersecurity, also a resident in McCutcheon Hall. As of now, the charges are murder. That is the only charge we have on our suspect, and the investigation is ongoing at this
0: time. And again, that suspect in custody, the roommate of the victim, and it was the suspect that made the 911 call. So, Purdue's director of media and public relations, a guy by the name of Tim Doty, said that students were not sent a campus alert because the suspect was the one that called 911 and there was no immediate threat. So I don't know how I feel about this one because I get alerts from my kid's school all the time. If there's a situation on a school bus, if somebody brings in a weapon, if there's a threat on social media, I kind of want to be aware of all that kind of stuff. And if there's a murder that takes place in a dorm, I kind of want to be aware of all that kind of stuff taking place as well. I mean, I understand they probably have protocols in place. I'm thinking from a parent's perspective here. If I had a child that was in McCutcheon Hall, whether it was on that same floor or not, I don't care. If there's a murder, I want to be alerted. I think that warrants a campus alert. Maybe that's just me.
1: And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 wipc Take back the,
3: night to get the-
0: a night with W.I.B.C. presented by Relay Indiana is coming up final Thursday in October. I believe that's the 27th. We're doing the show at uh, Butler University this year, much larger venue. And we've told you that this event is going to sell out. The first one sold out quickly. The second one sold out quickly. So we got a bigger venue And I spoke to the uh, folks at Ticketmaster earlier today, less than 150 tickets remaining. Now, to put this in perspective, it was around 200 tickets remaining just a couple days ago. So based on this progression, this bad boy will sell out. If you don't have your tickets, I highly recommend you get them right now. Now, Kyle... TKW, Megamondo, our producer, you have been at every single one, both of the nights with WIBC. Take somebody through what happens. So basically, if you have ever wanted to just hang out...
4: With your favorite cast and characters from WIBC, we are all going to be under the same roof at the same time. It's like an all-star game. It is. You're getting all of us together, (laughs) and this is an opportunity to actually talk to us which you have always wanted so here you go it's an opportunity to talk to hammer talk to nigel talk to rob casey uh, tony
0: katz and of course all of us behind the scenes the producers will be there as well and there's a big stage show too it's not just you know we're gathering and we're hanging out and we're drinking we're doing stage shows tony's gonna go out and do 20 minutes on the stage uh rob and casey will do their 20 minutes nige and i will do ours and then at the end we have a big round table where all of us are just up there taking questions from the crowd talking shop and the crowds are always really rowdy at these yeah because again We can say things at these events that we can't say on the radio. Right, unfiltered. (laughs) Pretty much
4: the stuff that we say off the air. Right. We're allowed to say it there at a night with WIBC. So if you've ever wanted to hear, what does Clark always say? Filth flying. Filth flarn, flarn, filth. You'll hear that at a
0: night with WIBC. (laughs) So, again, less than 150 tickets are remaining it's going to be a fun night, man. I'm telling you, everybody that has gone, I promise you, says they've got their money's worth. It's a crowd event. We feed off the energy. We try to provide a little energy, and it's right before the midterms, too. So we got a lot of stuff to get to. I'm so excited. And again, thank you to Relay Indiana. Yeah, you Relay got, Indiana, one of our great partners. You guys had me dress up as the Kool-Aid
4: man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For the first a night with WIBC. And then you had me dress up as Luke Bryan. I'm Luke Bryan last year. So I'm not going to tell you, listeners, who I'm dressing up as this year. You just have to be there to find out. But let's just say it's somebody you're very familiar with, and it's going to be worth every. Second of You're it. You're
0: dressing up as Tony Katz. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Night with a cigar WIBC. Fingers Malloy, and I'm good to go. Get your tickets now. We've got the uh, ticket link pinned on our Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Hammer and Nigel Show on Facebook and Twitter. The links are pinned at the top. Or just go to Ticketmaster.com, search for WIBC, All seats, I believe, are general admission. If you have special needs, they'll take care of you when you get there. Uh, You can also buy the VIP experience where you basically get to hang out with all of us, shotgun a few beers, tell a few dirty jokes and that kind of stuff. Looking forward to seeing all of you there. Get your tickets now. That being said, coming up at the end of this month is Halloween. So, from the people who bring you legal stuff, from the people who bring you vaccine stuff, TK Dub, hit me with some Halloween stuff. Pumpkins, candy, costumes, Halloween stuff. Don't like this. Don't like this at all. The city of Jacksonville will not be enforcing a sign requirement for sex offenders this Halloween due to a federal lawsuit. So this is kind of a warning for the parents in Jacksonville. It's up to you to physically have to go online and find out where the sex offenders and predators live before your kids go trick-or-treating around the neighborhood. There are more than 2,500 registered sex predators and offenders in Duval County, which is where Jacksonville is. Now, normally on Halloween, they're each required to post a sign outside of their home stating no candy or treats here. Okay? Makes sense. Part of what they signed up for by registering as a sex offender. And the city passed a law in 2010 not allowing convicted sex offenders or predators to allow trick-or-treating at their homes, and they have to post that no candy sign. Well, that law has been challenged in the last couple of years, and now it's being challenged again by two registered sex offenders who filed a federal lawsuit against the city of Jacksonville saying those signs are unconstitutional. So because of this federal lawsuit, city attorneys said they're not going to be enforcing the law this year requiring sex offenders to post those signs. Now, to be 100% clear, it's kind of like getting busted with weed here in Marion County right now. The law is technically still in effect, but they're not going to be prosecuting or enforcing the law. There was a law that was in Georgia that was very similar that was recently struck down as well. So, again, I know lawyers will get involved. They'll tell you what's constitutional, what's not constitutional, but... Don't be afraid to jump online, do a little research. You can find how many registered sex offenders live in your neighborhood. You just have to be willing to do a little bit of the legwork. If I lived in Duval County, you bet your sweet ass I'd be doing it. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIEC. Take Ticket.
0: It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer, and let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, Chalkboard Review. Tony was a longtime educator here in Indianapolis, STEM educator with IPS. Tony, we got a number of places we can start here, but I saw that you retweeted someone that said that Boys are struggling in school and we need more male teachers. I'm going to need you to explain what you mean by this.
2: So the guy who tweeted that is actually the co-founder of Chalkboard Review, Daniel Buck. He's a fellow at Fordham Institute, really solid guy for education stuff. You can find him over at chalkboardreview.com. What he's talking about there is this uh, increased amount of disengagement and also uh, a lot of aggressive behavior that's coming forward out of a lot of young men in our schools. And what we've seen throughout history is that anytime the young uh, men's father figures are taken away or not present in the homes and in the lives of young men, they have a much harder time adapting, a much more difficult time growing. Psychologically, the results that we've seen is when there is not a strong father figure in a young man's life, that it is much more difficult for the individual to develop. And this is one of the reasons why, by the way, in the 20th century, that there was such a push for young men to do a time in the US military, is that you would get a heavy dose of that uh, aggressive father figure action from your drill sergeant and your officers at least this was one of the pitches made during World War One and two, which is really interesting and I am one of the people who thinks uh, that which is why I retweeted it that there need to be more men in schools in the classroom because that father figure aspect is so. Needed, and it's some. There are some things that men are better at addressing. There are some things women are better at addressing, um, and th- though that's not a bad thing to say. That naturally there are some differences between men and women, and we can't, as a society, forsake the importance of men in a child's
0: life. Now, when you say you need men to. Almost be that de facto father figure you're talking about predominantly from a discipline angle in the classroom, not some of these videos that we've seen coming from, you know, Project Veritas or whatnot, where these teachers, male or female, for that matter, are talking about their sex lives. They're talking about their love lives. They're talking about a lot of things that are probably inappropriate to talk about in a classroom.
2: I'm really glad that you brought that up because this is a very important distinction to make. There is a much bigger difference between being the uh, the parent in place, which is not what I'm saying here by father figure. There are a lot of people in my life growing up that were father figures to me. That didn't mean that I shared intimate secrets with them that maybe I might only share with my own mother and father. No, this means a role model, a strong role model that you would look up to, that you would say, this individual is responsible. They care for their family. They care for my local community, in in the child's case, being the classroom. And they also take on this personal responsibility to the betterment of those around him, and the greater community at large. Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about this at length, and we've seen through a lot of psychoanalysis studies in the later half of the 20th century that taking away strong male role models out of society by labeling them toxic masculinity, as I know you love to uh, (laughs) embrace, uh, by labeling it toxic masculinity, we are ripping away the growth opportunities of young men in our society and that's why they're struggling or one of the reasons why they're struggling so much in our modern school system
0: and and this may be a a silly question i have kids in school i know they've never had any classroom activity classroom teachings about this but in indiana and i guess around the country do they still teach sex ed is that still a thing that happens
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, starting in fifth grade, you know, they still in a lot of schools, they sit everyone down and that you watch the video on puberty and whatever. And then, of course, health classes do touch on the reproductive system. And of course, sex ed comes in in eighth grade. And then, of course, we talk about it a little bit in biology class I I did when I was at Lawrence North, although I always tried to be extremely uh, careful in how I did so, so that I didn't step on the rights of the parent to talk about certain things with their kids. That is the parents right in my view. And then, of course, you have anatomy and physiology. So, yeah, it's definitely still taught in schools. Um, it's not taught properly very much anymore because there's such a political appeal to changing the definitions of good sex education uh, to meaning, well, you should actually ignore biology to talk about all of these genders and weird sexual activities and how to pleasure yourself. That's not good sex ed.
0: No, no. And this brings us to this story in the U.K., and that's a great segue. Thank you for that, Tony. Uh, Oh, anytime. A a six-year-old boy in the U.K. has been labeled transphobic by his school he's six years old he's been labeled transphobic because he doesn't understand uh, all of these different genders that are being thrown at him he has a hard time understanding this this is a story coming out of england and the school has labeled him transphobic and now his parents are lawyering up your thoughts on this
2: well they very much should be lawyering up because if you don't fight this you're in You're endearing yourself to the hell to which we're, you know, joining in as a society. And Western civilization is facing this. When you start putting all of these horrific terminologies of moral pressure upon children at a young age, where you're going to label them as evil for responding naturally to biological situations, and you're suggesting that children are infinitely evil or horrible because uh, the boy thinks that girls are girls and boys are boys, You are creating something far worse than could be possible. If you push someone far enough, they will respond in kind. And what I don't want to see over the next couple of decades in the United States and in Western civilization abroad is progressives push conservatives, libertarians, regular individuals far and farther and farthest until you start to get pushback that is – far beyond what might be necessary and so this is a honestly what this brings to me is a true sense of terror because it is destroying the very fabric of society by sacrificing children at the altar of politics. And it's a very dangerous precedent to set because it does cause incredible political and societal upheaval.
0: And in case somebody's listening that's getting their panties in a wad, well, did you hear what they said on the Hammer and Nigel show? When you say fight back, when people like me say fight back, we're not talking about going into a back alley and hitting somebody with your fist we're talking about going to the school board meetings letting your opinions be heard voting researching that's how you fight back
2: yes and then this again this is actually the point of the last couple of statements that i made because if you do not at this point start to recognize that you have a responsibility as a citizen of a republic to be informed to vote to seek out the best candidates and to stop these kind of garbage policies that are taxpayer funded then you are going to let the progressives push and push and push until people end up reacting violently which is what i want to avoid i don't want to see parents pushed and pushed and pushed until their children are ripped out of their homes which is what one virginia group is advocating ripping students who claim to be lgbtq out of parents homes and placed with quote-unquote gay affirming parents that is going to lead to violent situations so please I I beg and I plead with the American public, take this seriously and put the right people in office and, and wake up as a society before people start resorting to horrible means that we should never, ever have to encounter.
0: Tony Kennett with us. Tony from Chalkboard Review. Uh, He's going to be filling in for Nigel tomorrow uh, on this program, so we're going to have a good time tomorrow. Hey, one more thing before I let you go. And, again, this was a big news story that came out late in the afternoon yesterday. It looks like Elon Musk is going to move forward with this purchase of Twitter. Whether he wants to or not, he's moving forward with the purchase, and I want to get your thoughts on that. I love
2: it. I love it because, number one, it makes all of the individuals who count on uh, social media manipulation, which has been uh, exposed repeatedly by whistleblowers on the inside of Twitter, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and other social media networks like Reddit. And that kind of manipulation does have a massive impact on things like elections. And now that that is threatened, you see a lot of people on the left that are having an absolute conniption. So first of all, that's funny. It's always funny to watch someone who had an unfair advantage get that advantage taken away from them. Number two, on the libertarian side of things, I love to see something more – privatized, not by some large, awkward, you know, shiftless mass of, of individuals, but by a guy who, quite frankly, as far as business terms are concerned, I respect. I, I, as a person, I respect the decision to move forward with the deal. And then finally, especially because, you know, Twitter is where news breaks, I look forward to seeing an algorithm treating all individuals equally, meaning that the journalist who puts forward a good story will be more likely to get that story seen rather than if you are some random blue check, verified MSNBC reporter with 300 followers, and then they'll amplify that story all the kingdom comes. So I am really looking forward to the fairness aspect returning, because Twitter, I hate to break it to a lot of people, it's not going to be replaced with True Social or with Getter or with Parler or with Gab or with Telegram or any of the other networks. They just don't have the mass that Twitter does. Twitter has replaced cable news in a lot of society as where news breaks
0: if anybody wants to read more of your work with chalkboard review or just to reach out to you individually with questions what can they do
2: they should head over to chalkboardreview.com we have a lot of great resources there also a way that you can get in touch and contact us Uh, If you are a sadist and you just absolutely hate (laughs) spending your time wisely, you can follow me on Twitter at The Tonus, and my DMs are open. So if, you know, you want to tell me that you have a really great Rice Krispies recipe to share,
0: drop it in. And you'll be with me tomorrow, and we will bring toxic masculinity to the airwaves, 3 to 7 p.m., my friend.
2: Oh, I'll bring my dumbbells into the studio.
0: You got it. Tony, thank you.
2: Hey, thanks so much. Really enjoy doing this, man.
0: It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: (laughs)
5: 93 so, wivc So
0: there's a new trend on TikTok and it's debating about how you put shoes and socks on Meanwhile Twitter they give you fights on politics Facebook there can be fights about all types of things this is the content you get on TikTok Now I am not on TikTok. Hammer and Nigel Show are not on TikTok. Mondo, are you there? I am on TikTok, at Wells Mania. So when you are scrolling through TikTok, you don't normally see the types of fights and the anger that you see on Facebook and Twitter, right? No, no. TikTok is like where all the random stuff just goes and parties. And random stuff is exactly what we're talking about here. So there's a big debate about the proper way That you put socks and shoes on. Ah! Now, according to the overwhelming majority of folks on TikTok, take that for what you will. The brain trust at TikTok, the most popular opinion seems to be sock, sock, shoe, tie, shoe, tie. So according to TikTok, most people have said the proper way to get your socks on, your shoes on, and then tie them up. Sock, sock, shoe, tie, shoe, tie. Now, I fall into the category of sock, sock, shoe, shoe, tie, tie. I get both shoes on before I tie the first one. Where are you? I'm with you. Uh, you and
4: I, we are doing the exact same thing there sock, sock, shoe, shoe,
0: tie, tie. So let me know where you are at with this on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, we got the YouTube going right now at Hammer and Nigel. What's the order? The most popular order, according to TikTok, is sock, sock, shoe, tie, shoe, tie. I'm sock, sock, shoe, shoe, tie, tie. Somebody just got in their car right now going, what in the blue hell is he talking about? Are these codes? <laughs> what, are they, what are they
4: speaking on the Hammer
0: and Nigel show? Sound like a third base coach yelling outside. Sock, sock, shoe, tie, come on now. Buck, soda, ducks duck, soda, bond. Let's go now. Big knock, kid. <laughs> Uh, top stories coming up next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. it is the Hammer and Nigel show. Big Nige is out with anal leakage. So we are driving this bad boy alone. me, Mondo, Matt Bear, all your favorite radio pals. We're still here. Brian Baker will be along at 435 for a breakdown. That's coming up. But I got some interesting information today. There's a new report out on good guys with guns. So think about what happened at the Greenwood Park Mall. Eli Dickin, his attorney is, of course, our very own Guy Rolford, the gun guy. We've mentioned this multiple times. That's a situation where a good guy with a gun eliminated the threat of a bad guy with a gun. Now, there were still some fatalities in that horrific, horrific mall shooting, but had it not been for the heroic actions of Eli Dickin, there could have been a lot more deaths in that case. So a new report from the Crime Prevention Research Center states that the FBI may be undercounting those instances where a good law-abiding citizen with a weapon has eliminated a threat. They argue that the FBI's data contains massive errors when tracking active shooting incidents, undercounting how often armed citizens have thwarted active shooting situations over the last eight years. Now, again, we say this quite a bit. When we talk about the FBI, we're talking about the top of the food chain here. We're not talking about the guys sitting here in the Indianapolis office or wherever you may live. Your local agents are usually pretty different from the folks that are at the very top of the food chain here. Although collecting such data is always met with challenges, right? Because somebody has to dictate What an active threat is, who the good guy was with a gun, did they have it legally? There's a lot of things going on here, but there is a pattern of distortion in the FBI numbers because the errors almost exclusively go one way, and this just kind of goes to show that the upper echelon of the FBI, they are completely in bed with some of these radical leftists that have power in our country right now. They're minimizing the life-saving actions of armed citizens, according to this report, which was provided to Fox News by the Crime Prevention Research Center. John Lotz is the founder of that center. He was the one that gave the report to Fox News. So here's a little bit of a breakdown for you. Data released by nonprofits show that 34.4% of active shootings were stopped by armed citizens between 2014 and 2021. 34.4%. However, the FBI's data only shows 4.4% of active shootings that were stopped by armed citizens during that time. That's a pretty big discrepancy. So if you were going to tell me that one agency says 344 and another one says 26 Okay, we can have that debate. There may be a few instances where the numbers could be debated. But 34.4 to 4.4, there's a difference by 30% here? And if you're asking me who I trust more, the FBI or the Crime Prevention Research Center... I don't know a damn thing about the Crime Research Prevention Center, but I'm telling you right now, I trust them more than these folks at the top of the FBI. Now, speaking of guns, big story this afternoon. Alec Baldwin has reached an undisclosed settlement and a wrongful death lawsuit filed by the family of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer who was killed on the movie set last year. The movie was called Rust. And Alec Baldwin, who claimed in December that he did not pull the trigger, settled today. He put out a statement on social media quote, Throughout this difficult process, everyone has maintained the specific desire to do what is best for Helena's son. We are grateful to everyone who contributed to the resolution of this tragic and painful situation. Now, we spoke to an attorney last week, high-profile attorney who said the heat was starting to come on to Alec Baldwin. They were expecting some sort of charges. We didn't know what the charges would be, if it's second-degree murder, if it's manslaughter, whatever the case may be. But the heat was coming down. So the timing of this makes a lot of sense. Alec Baldwin wanted to settle this. The amount is undisclosed, but I can promise you, It was a crap ton. Oh, this dude paid to have this story go away. He paid to not go to prison. Because I don't care what he says in December. Guns just don't go off. Right? Even prop guns don't just go off. So the settlement has been made And they're going to start production on that movie again coming up at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. I'm wondering how many people are going to go see that movie once it finally gets made and comes out just out of curiosity. I know they're not going to show any of the fatal footage in there, but knowing that that was the movie they were working on when Helena lost her life i don't know it feels like that's a project that probably just should have been scrapped i'm not a hollywood director i'm not a producer i'll ask brian baker about this coming up at 4:30. he works on movie sets as a stunt man this wasn't some major blockbuster where they felt compelled to move forward on this was kind of one of those low budget films i mean hell look who their star was alec baldwin So I'm curious to find out his thoughts if he thinks this movie should move forward or not, but the settlement has been made. So, looking at some information here about salaries. Again, what's great about this job is whether it's Nige, whether it's myself, we come into work every day and everybody sends us a lot of information. It's a survey here. It's a data piece here. We got some information about wage gaps. Now, we can have the debate about whether you think men make more than women. Is that fair? Is that right? Some would argue men do jobs that are substantially more dangerous, that require more strength than women. Some would make that case. But with new laws from Colorado to Rhode Island, employers are now kind of feeling the pressure to publicly share How much a job pays to make sure that men and women are not being given separate amounts for the same job. So last week, California became the latest state to join this push for salary transparency when Gavin Newsom was signing every single bill that came to his desk, apparently. They're not the first state to require this. Colorado, Rhode Island, they also have something like this. So my question to you is how comfortable do you feel if your place of employment put your salary out there? They probably wouldn't put your name on it, but they would put your job title out there. You feel good about that? You like that? Is that a place you would want to work? Or does that make the position more desirable? Do you know you're going to get more of a fair shake here? And again, this goes into the argument of whether or not you believe there are major discrepancies between salaries of men and women. That's a debate for a whole new time. But would you be down with having your place of employment put your salary out there? I don't think I'm down with that. I don't think that's something I can get with. But you can hit us up on social media at Hammer and Nigel. Facebook, Twitter, we are on the YouTube chat. The
1: Hammer and Nigel presents...
5: Is this. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is
1: this anything? A
0: 19- with Big Nigel being out... TK Dub, next man up. Just like Jonathan Taylor, not available for the Colts tomorrow. He's officially out. That means the next man up. Naheem Hines will start at running back. You, my friend, you're the next man up, and you're going to play Is This Anything. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get those fantasy points. <laughs> Is this anything? Listen, as a first resp- first responder gets kind of fed up and ticked off with two women who are more intent on making a YouTube video and making YouTube content than the matter at hand? One of them took a dare and got stuck in a dryer. He's trying to get her out, but they're not really helping him.
6: Here we go. I'm gonna lift you up again.
7: Okay. Oh my God. working, Cindy. This. I'm putting this on the internet. No. Yes. Oh I'm going to put this on YouTube not
6: right now. We can get you out, okay?
7: <laughs> Let her head come out.
6: No, no, I, we can't.
7: Let me see your head. <laughs> Dude, you're never doing a dare again. Ladies, yeah, I, dare I don't right. think
6: you understand that you will be paying for this 911 call. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do my job here. Now oh get your feet back gosh. out, ma'am. We'll wrap them in this towel right here okay. against the back wall. You ready okay. for this? Get her out. Okay. Here
7: we go. Right here. Right here. Okay.
6: Okay. Here we go. Yeah, Ready? Let's one. Do it. Oh
7: two. my gosh, Don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. Okay. Here she comes. Here she comes. Oh. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: So this first responder is legitimately trying to rescue somebody here, and mom and daughter think this is cute, and they don't understand the severity of the situation. Is this anything? This is definitely something. I mean, this guy's doing his job. This is what he gets paid to
4: do, and then you got these two jabronis that just want to go viral. And it just seems like nowadays everybody will do anything to get clicks on their videos. But if you're legit stuck... I mean the guy's there to help you. So do whatever you can, be cooperative with the responder and allow him to get you out unstuck. But clearly they just wanted to make a viral video here.
0: Like at some point I'm waiting for the first responder to just leave. All you right. know what? Screw it. Yeah, whatever. Screw you guys. Stay in the damn dryer. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. Gets in his vehicle and leaves. Um, and besides, if you want to go viral with your washing machine or your dryer. You don't get inside. You make music with it. And that brings us to great moments and a washing machine and dryer history. This was some hillbilly that decided he wanted to put a bunch of clothes in his washing machine, turn it on the spin cycle, and he was going to sing along to it with the devil went down to Georgia.
1: Now, you play pretty good, little boy, but give the
3: devil a do. I'm getting the gold against your soul, so I think I'm better than you. The boy said hey, he brought us guitar. A on me, a home yeah. On me, so and the
1: devil devil. <laughs>
0: now, that's creativity right there. Not to be outdone. There was another hillbilly that put his washing machine on the spin cycle, brought a guitar over, and he did a kick-ass version of Thunderstruck. (laughs) And he's got a hammer and he's beating it with it. (laughs) Good pipes. <laughs> Great moments in washing machine and dryer history. Kyle, is this anything? Some woman and her pet parrot recorded themselves doing the song creep from Radiohead.
5: I don't care if it
7: hurts. Mama, <laughs> I Mama, That's
0: her parrot.
5: <laughs> I <purse> <laughs>
0: Is this anything, Mondo? This is
4: everything. Animals are so smart. Animals are so intelligent. And in this case... Animals are more talented than humans. This is everything, Hammer.
0: I love the parrot knows its role. It's yeah. backup vocals. It wasn't trying to step on the lady doing the, the main vocals. The parrot knew its role. That's a well-trained parrot right there. Which brings us to great moments in parrot yeah. history. My favorite parrot of all time was the one that somebody taught it to say WTF. <laughs> Great moments in parrot history. Uh, One more here. Yankee slugger Aaron Judge hit the American League record-breaking 60-second home run last night. Here's the 1-1. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far.
1: It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 60 second all the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him just think of it three Yankee right fielders the Babe hitting 60 and 27 the Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61 and now Aaron Judge hits his 60 second home run the most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season
0: now, the guy that caught that record-breaking home run, Kyle, says he doesn't know what he wants to do with the ball. It's a guy by the name of Corey Humans. He probably doesn't need the money. He's vice president at Fisher Investments, which manages $197 billion worldwide.
4: Yeah, he definitely does not need the money. So that might be a really cool souvenir. But Aaron Judge, you're still 11 home runs away from the home run king, Barry Bonds, 73. Yeah, 62 is cool and all, but talk to me when you get 74 and you break Barry Bonds, his single season home run record.
0: Or talk to me when you inject yourself with enough drugs to where you could hit 80. I knew that was coming. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
1: to the Hammer and Nigel Show on ninety-three WIVC.
0: Oh, let's go to the drivehubboard hotline, and I'll be a monkey's bare-assed uncle. We've actually connected with Brian Baker.
6: Hey, how you doing, man? You guys were so gracious. You promoted my uh, appearance today. Folks were all excited, and I can tell how beloved I am by the WIBC audience and uh, how disappointed I was, uh, everyone was, by the outpouring of one who said, Hey, what happened? I thought you were supposed to be
0: (laughs) out today. You were supposed to be the uh, goose to my maverick today, my wingman, but there was some sort of technical glitch. There
6: was. There was, and, uh you know, I, I did. I got a very nice email uh, uh, from a, a regular listener to the show. He said, man, I was really disappointed. I was hoping to hear you on the show today. And I said, well, thank you, Mr. Liggins, and, you know, I'll, I'll be
0: on uh, another time I'm sure." <laughs> That's such a good inside joke right there. I see what you did. Um, now, for those who don't know, you're not in Indy. The reason that you couldn't be in studio is you live in Georgia, and this is one of the key battleground states. So let's get into it here. Here because, yeah. the, you know, control of the Senate could come down to what happens in Georgia. And just from an outsider's perspective here, Brian, it looks like this has not been a real good week for Herschel Walker. <laughs>
6: Yeah, well, you know, uh, let's kind of give everybody a quick overview here. Um, You know, Herschel Walker here, just within the last couple of days, he's a a big proponent of banning abortion in all cases, including incest, even life of the mother. Well, now the news comes out that he allegedly, an alleged ex-girlfriend, he allegedly had her uh, go ahead and get an abortion and then allegedly wrote her a check for uh, going uh, through the trouble of doing that. And uh, I use a legend, which is, uh, you know, it's a legal term for he he totally did this. And uh, (laughs) so people are outraged now. They're calling him a hypocrite. And of course, now they are hoping that folks will switch their vote. I don't think it's going to have a big impact in the race. You know, whether you are a Republican or Democrat, I think both parties are pretty much on the same page when it comes to Herschel Walker, which is that the guy's not very smart. You know, he's there in that position running for Senate, Senate because he has a uh, the the celebrity uh, backing and people know who he is, and that's why they put him in that spot. And frankly. He's running for a position in the Senate. This isn't president, and this is about the balance of power in Washington. And so you have to prioritize, and I think most Americans are so frustrated— so disenchanted and really just broken at this point with what Democrats have done and what Democrat policies have done to the country, that they're just looking at this point to preserve the republic and get things back to a sense of normalcy and try and rebuild. So I don't think any of this matters. I will say that I think the uh, the Herschel Walker campaign has done a terrible job with this because they have had so many opportunities to take the attack ads that Raphael Ornock's campaign has put out against him and twist them around and use it to beat up his campaign. They went after Herschel Walker for his battle with with mental health issues. I mean, we've heard nothing from both sides of the uh, of the party but uh, or of the um, uh, of the political aisle about how we need to to address mental health in this country and now we've got Raphael Warnock he's trying to, you know, shame Herschel Walker for very, being very open about his battles with that. We need more people to be talking about this and seeking help, not hiding in shame. and and dealing with these these issues on their own where they're white-knuckling it. But even this abortion issue, what a tremendous opportunity for him to say, you know what, I went through this, and it was a shameful experience, and it it was painful. It was painful for me. It was painful for the mother. And so it cemented my belief that we should not have People just getting abortions uh, uh, just at will and using it as another means of birth control. This is something that should really be limited. And I don't understand why his campaign is failing to address any of these issues and go on the attack. I mean, they just are lame. All of that said, as much as the guy sucks, he's still going to wind up winning the election, in my opinion, because folks just want a Republican in Washington and they want the balance of power to shift. Now, I've seen a
0: couple polls lately that show Warnock might actually be ahead, but that's if you buy into polling at all to begin with. You said something really Uh, You said something earlier that I found to be really interesting, Brian. So the perception of Herschel Walker is great football player, might not be very smart. Look at the (laughs) lunatic that he's running against, Raphael Warnock. It's not like you're talking about Socrates on the other side of the aisle here. This guy is a complete (laughs) lunatic.
6: Yeah, he is. Um, And, you know, there's supposedly they were supposed to have a debate, which I mean, I was going to be breaking out the popcorn and the beer for that one. That was going to be fascinating television. Uh, I don't know if that's going to go through or not. But, you know, uh, polling down here has been back and forth. And You know, it it always depends on who's actually uh, doing doing the polling. But I think he's going to pull it out. And everyone that I've talked to, I mean, I'm very well connected now in the community with people that are in the political scene. And all of them are saying the exact same thing behind the scenes. This guy's not too bright. He doesn't have a firm grasp of the issues. I wish he'd just keep his mouth shut because it's so embarrassing. But I'm still voting for him.
0: Brian Baker joining us from Georgia doing the breakdown here on The Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, your good buddy, your Euchre partner, Stacy Abrams, it looks like she's about <laughs> to lose again to the same guy she got beat by the last time, to which she never really accepted the loss to begin with. Man, this has got to be a real ego slam if Stacy Abrams goes down in flames again to Brian Kemp. <laughs>
6: Yeah, uh, it, it's not looking good for her, and praise God for that, man. Look, Kemp has done a phenomenal job running this state. Everyone uh, down here is very, very pleased with his leadership. And the fact is, man, I mean, I, I still I see when I'm I'm filming and I'm in downtown Atlanta, I still see the occasional Stacey Abrams sign out front in uh, in people's yards, but. People are are happy with what he's done with the state. You know, it was a controversial decision. Georgia was one of the first states to open up. Um, They took a lot of heat for that, but really uh, it was beneficial to our economy, and we weathered it just fine. Um, Just again here, Brian Kemp uh, dealing with this issue of gas prices going up. He has extended the suspension of our state gas tax. People are embracing that. And economically, Georgia has done really well under his leadership. So, you know, he's well-known. People are happy with the job that he's done as our governor. And when the the Democrats uh, uh, Association, the, the, the Democrats are pulling money out of Georgia. They were doing that a good 30 to 60 days ago and redirecting it to Arizona, where they feel like they've got more of a fighting chance. So, yeah, I think they've thrown in the towel on Stacey Abrams. And thank God for that, man, because, you know, uh, my, we just got settled down here in Georgia. I didn't want to have to move again. And if they <laughs> I'm
0: elected, my gosh. <laughs> uh, hey, can you stick around for one more segment? Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, because there's a couple of things I want to get your opinion on, including the settlement from Alec Baldwin and the shooting on the set of the movie Rust. You are yeah. a man that works on movie sets. You're a stuntman. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Plus, uh, Elon Musk buying twitter is this going yeah. to be something that we can turn our attentions to is this really anything as a little game we play on this show would say so stick <laughs> around brian baker doing the breakdown he's coming right back it's the hammer and nigel show it's the hammer and nigel show i'm jason hammer big nige is out today naptown bry on twitter brian baker uh host Former writer here at WIBC, joining us on the drivehubler.com hotline. I forgot to mention Stuntman. You've got like a million job titles, but Stuntman on big Hollywood blockbusters definitely needs to be on there. You're the real star of some big upcoming action movies,
6: right? Well, I wouldn't exactly say I'm the real star, but uh, I am uh, going to get some nice screen time here in Black Panther, too. Uh, I shot a a couple of of stunts on that film. Yeah, yeah, so that was fun. Um, And then uh, working, actually, I mean, the truth is, it's kind of good that I didn't come with the transition, man. I've had a bunch of driving jobs here in the last couple of months. I'm not sure. have been able to manage keeping all the balls in the air so yeah it's uh it's been crazy man and uh, it's it's been really busy down here in georgia once again thank you to governor Kemp for keeping those uh, film <laughs> tax incentives in place
0: so knowing what you know about movie sets and everything and in between the news today that alec baldwin has settled uh an undisclosed amount of money to the family of helena hutchins for that fatal shooting on the set of the movie rust it was just this past december where alec baldwin said he didn't pull the trigger now he's paying what we believe to be as a pretty hefty dollar to the family your thoughts
6: yeah undisclosed which means somewhere in the millions um, you know, I don't think that this that this is necessarily a surprise. Um, you know, Alec Baldwin, I know, I mean, the guy's almost a human being. I'm sure that he almost feels bad about what happened. And, um, you know, he's a producer on this film. So ultimately, he bears some responsibility. Uh, this was an accident that clearly occurred due to some fear and negligence. And as a producer on the film, you know, he bears responsibility there um the fact that he also happened to be the guy that was holding the gun when it quote-unquote went off all by itself um you know I, I don't know whether that had any bearing on the case or not but um yeah you know i certainly for the family that uh you know this child that's uh, lost his mom a uh, husband that lost his wife and really the industry lost a, a tremendous talent. I mean, she was really, really a uh, a strong talent, was really loved by cast and crew. And so uh, it's just a huge tragedy. And, you know, money is not going to necessarily be able to uh, bring any further healing, but at least the family is going to have the resources that they need moving forward. What I'm a little bit perplexed by is the decision that they're going to go ahead and go back into production now and finish this film out. I certainly see the argument that, well, it's honoring her legacy. They're going to finish this film. On the other hand, um, you know, as a producer on the film, Alec Baldwin is going to benefit from folks going out and seeing this, someone who otherwise probably would have ignored it. But now, right. the fact that it's had so much controversy, I mean, it, it's it's marketing even though it's unfortunate marketing so it was
0: kind of a low Um, budget film wasn't it like there wasn't a lot of money behind this and clearly look at the staff members that they had working on the set and alec baldwin was the biggest star on this thing it's not like we were talking about some hollywood blockbuster where the show has to go on
6: no. I, now, I will tell you one good thing that has come out of this is that it has changed things dramatically on film sets. Um, last week, I shot on a film called Underdogs. It's uh, it's it's starring Snoop Dogg and produced by Snoop Dogg. He plays a <laughs> former NFL superstar who gets in trouble with the law and is sentenced to coach a, uh, a, a youth football team. So as you can probably ascertain from that plot, <laughs> it's going to be a real turd. Did but, you interact
0: uh, with Snoop on the set?
6: I did. And here's the thing. He's actually, he's a great guy, but my one interaction with him was me making an ass of myself. (laughs) He and his team were listening to 80s music in their trailer. And uh, I'm sitting in my car, we're getting ready to shoot this scene. He's directly, uh, he's supposed to be in the car directly in front of me in this gold uh, Mercedes SUV. And I hear somebody uh, come up behind the car and they say, you know, I've been waiting. And like any normal American who was raised in the 80s, I immediately responded with, for a girl Girl like you. Right. And as I completed the line, the gentleman who was singing was now at the front of my vehicle and turned around, and it was Snoop Dogg, and he gave me this look that clearly said, shut up. You
0: (laughs) idiot. You got the old, classic,
6: old-school, murder-was-the-case Snoop Dogg look. (laughs) Yes, I did, man. Uh, So uh, yeah, I, I, I kept quiet after that, but... We had a lot of guns on that set, and what I've noticed now is that anytime there is a weapon on set, the directors will call the entire cast and crew together. They'll have the safety meeting. They will hold the gun up. They will explain what it is, what bullets they're using, uh, which of course are are dummy bullets, and then they will offer the opportunity for anyone on the set to now check the gun and just make sure that they are comfortable with it and feel safe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's changed things dramatically. and That's certainly a positive because accidents happen on sets all the time, man. Mr. Baker, let's do this again next week, okay?
0: Please do, man. Thanks for having me on. You got it. That is Brian Baker on Twitter at Naptown Bri. Hammer and
1: Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock.
0: My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is out today. He has an infected crotch in just a moment. We will connect with a friend of mine down in Florida. We're going to find out how the rescue and the recovery is going on. But before we do that, let's check in with America's battle. Against COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear. That I mean. At this
1: moment. There are three vaccines. China piss off. Now you Mondo. The Solo. Off. We're all nervous. Because of, of COVID-19.
0: Yesterday, to quote the great Elmer Fudd, barely, barely, quietly the CDC announced it would no longer list COVID-19 advisories for countries in regards to international travel. Now, this is just fancy talk for everybody's over this thing. As much as certain politicians in this country are going to try to scare you with some new variant, or they're going to wear masks in their car by themselves, whatever the case may be, that's fine. But even the CDC is starting to move past this thing. Fauci is going to retire soon. I know he's not on board with this because it simply means that he's not going to have as many television interviews to have. When the CDC stops posting the advisories, you know the country has moved on. So if you live somewhere or work somewhere where they still have some of these ridiculous mandates in place... Ask your supervisors one simple question. Why? If the CDC has basically moved on from this, what virtue signaling are you doing to your employees? That would be my question to your bosses. Now, let's connect with a friend of mine. Let's go to the drivehewboard.com hotline. Matt Hall. I've known Matt for a long time. We used to do some radio together way back in the day. He's now in Cape Coral, Florida. Matt, refresh my memory here. Where is Cape Coral, Florida compared to, say, like the Key West uh, Fort Myers area?
5: Good to hear your voice, Hammer. Um, Cape Coral is right next to Fort Myers, in between that and Pine Island. Uh, probably have heard a lot about Pine Island. Um, Sanibel is just South of us, but we took a direct hit. We took the eye. Took about 140 miles per hour winds. Um, fortunately we have power. We were one of the first 4,000 in this area to get power. Um, lost a couple, um, shady lady, black olive trees, about 40 feet. It's tipped right over, uh, Missed
0: the House. How's the uh, recovery going right now? I know today Biden was down there. DeSantis was down there. How is the recovery efforts going?
5: Amazing. Um, Governor DeSantis has been here almost every day. Um, The sheriff in this area has been very vocal, Carmine uh, Marcino. Um, The first aid, um, Red Cross, FEMA, National Guard, You got uh, services coming from everywhere. I think there's another 1,500 linemen that just came in town today. Um, I've seen Miami Police, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Sunnyside. Uh, we live really close to the main um, fire station, police station, and city building. Um, so we're probably on their uh, grid. Um, but we go over to the city building and use their Wi-Fi And we see all those guys over there. They're pulling 12-hour shifts, seven days a week right now.
0: Yeah, that was one Uh, of the things we were talking about was as devastating as this storm was. And we see the pictures. And it looks like total devastation. mm -hmm. The power was back on relatively quickly when you compare it to what some of the similar hurricanes have done in the past and how long it took power to come back for those.
5: Correct, yeah. Fort Myers, um, they suffered a lot of flooding uh, being along the Lusahachie River. Um, But they were able to restore a lot of their power. They're under, I believe, FDNL, Florida Power and Light, and we're under LTEC, Lee County Electric Company. Um, So there's been some differences between those two. Um, We have 200,000 residents here at Cape Coral. Uh, Only 13,000 have power right now. Man,
0: I'm looking at the pictures here, Matt. And do the pictures? And again, I know you don't really have internet too much or too much Wi-Fi. But the no. pictures that we're seeing looks like just total devastation. Like it almost looks like a bomb has gone off in Fort Myers. Is that a fair assessment?
5: Yes, very much so. We haven't ventured outside of Cape Coral. Driving around is very um, archaic. It's it's scary. Um, is there still water? Is there here. still
0: high water, or has that receded back?
5: Everything has receded, so most of the homes have all have all lost their water um, out of their house. But you know, they lost a lot of things with that. <laughs>
0: Well, Matt, um, before we let you go here, if there's one thing people listening right now in Indianapolis can do, or if somebody's listening online at anywhere in this country, what's the one thing that the folks in Fort Myers and, uh, Cape Coral need more than anything else? Is it just a monetary donation? Uh,
5: that, that assistance, um, is great. Uh, we need a lot of water. We need ice. Um, things are not on yet. Uh, there's going to be a years of rebuilding. Uh, there's going to need some bigger people to come in and, and help out. Uh, the government's been great, but they need some individuals.
0: Well, Matt, stay safe down there and uh, certainly uh, keep us up to date with the recovery efforts, all right, ma'am?
5: Well do. Great to hear your voice.
0: You too, brother. Be safe.
5: You're listening to the
1: Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC
0: it is the hammer and nigel show my name is jason hammer and let's go to the drive Hubler.com hotline back by popular demand the crazy coupon lady crystal hammer is back my better half how are you lovely
7: i'm doing good uh just got home from work and uh putting some uh food in the crock pot and I'm doing well.
0: I love a good crock pot meal. Anytime you have the word crock and it's not followed by of blank, it's usually something good. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that at another time. Now, you were not on with us last weekend. You were trying to do a million things in a small amount of time. Where were you last week?
7: So I did not do any couponing last week. And reason being is because our oldest, Christopher Hammer, had some pretty big visions of a wonderful senior float that he wanted to do for Homecoming. And so I was crazy busy just trying to help him um, design and, and build and put together an amazing float that he had this weekend.
0: So really you were one of two student parents that were at the float site, kind of acting like de facto supervisors because teachers, they don't do uh, float sites anymore, do they?
7: No, they don't. Um, I was told, I can't remember who it was that told me that, because um, it used to be teachers were like chaperones and they would go to the student's house and they would chaperone each class. But I guess, like, the teachers' unions now do not allow for um, teachers to do that anymore. They don't want the teachers at the student's house.
0: Okay. So, no teachers want to come by the houses unless they're getting paid by the school. So, you and... Uh, another parent were there supervising. How was the homecoming experience? Because when we were coming up in school, homecoming float building was like a really big deal. That's where all the students came together. It didn't matter what you were into, like the jocks, the nerds, the the goth kids, they all kind of got together and had a good
7: time. Right, because the whole purpose of you know building the float was to make the other classes look like crap. Right, you know? right. You wanted- so you're, you wanted yours. In fact, where, you know, I went to school, like we drove around to try to find the other float.
0: <laughs> I love how hood but, you used to be. Like total hood, the crazy coupon lady.
7: But, um, you know, it, it's sad. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it. And I think it's also generational. But that whole school spirit, like we had when we were in school, it's just not there anymore. Um, It was like pulling teeth to try to get seniors to come out and and help on this float. I mean, we had a, a good group of probably three or four. Uh, One of them was an underclassman because her class was not doing a float and she wanted to help. Wow. Uh, Yeah. She was a sophomore and she's like, I want to help And her class, you know, elected officials said they weren't doing one. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely different, but I will say, Chris got so much praise for that float that I'm hoping that by the kids seeing it, that next year they're like, you know what? I want our class to do that. So I'm hoping that by seeing that, it gets back to being popular to do again. Yeah,
0: El Presidente, Chris Hammer, uh, he did a great job with that. And the leadership skills, I was very impressed with. So good on him. Now, let's get to one more thing here before we get to your deals of the week here. I think this is something very important. I think people are waiting for us to weigh in on this. With the upcoming divorce, the pending divorce of Tom Brady and Giselle, Do they get put on our free pass lists that you and I have put together? For those who don't know, uh, you and I have a list of three celebrities each to where if the situation arises, we get to do the hanky panky with them and the other person can't say a damn thing. (laughs) But this was before this was before we thought, you know, Tom Brady and Giselle would uh, be on the market. Does this change anything? Are you into Tom Brady? Does he make your list?
7: No, honestly, even more so no now because of the way he looks. To me, he's so skinny and I don't know if he's had work done on his face, but no, absolutely not. Like I would rather have Tom Brady post all the work and everything with the dad bod.
0: <laughs> like the uh, the Michigan Tom Brady where he had that combine right. picture standing there in his boxer shorts with a bad haircut and dad bod.
7: Right, I think think he looks better there than he does now. Now now he just looks sickly to me, but that's just me, so no, it does not change my list.
0: Yeah, my list is pretty rock solid, too. My list is not going to change, and honestly, Giselle was never really the one from Victoria's Secret that moved the needle for me. Listen, we're not saying that they're not attractive people, clearly they are, but are they worthy of the free pass list? This is a no from me.
7: It's a no for me, too, because you also have to have – I will say this, though. One thing I do like about Tom Brady right now is the Florida man, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. His personality is so much better now that he's in Florida than when he was in New England. I do I do like his personality a lot more.
0: And I am looking forward to the list of chicks that tom brady is going to be linked to in the next three to five years because again we were talking about this earlier i think casey and i were talking about this in the hallway she's getting ready to join us next maybe we'll bring it up again tom brady i think is the one guy in america that could walk into a bar with zach efron george clooney leonardo dicaprio matt damon and still leave with the hottest chick in the room because he's tom brady
7: I, I can I can agree with you on that, but it wouldn't – I mean, I he would not be my first pick out of those people, though. All right, crazy
0: coupon lady, Crystal Hammer. Let's get down to business here. The Colts have a primetime game on Thursday night. Colts at Denver. We've got to find some food to eat for this thing. Are there any deals that you have for some game day grub?
7: Okay, I will say – food deals and i said that right thank you you didn't
0: sound like a hillbilly that time
7: (laughs) um are hard to come by right now i mean it is extremely hard but kroger has some really great um deals on some uh telegating uh things that you can use um they're Kroger appetizers. Now they are the mozzarella sticks, the potato skins. I found loaded potato bite, pig in the blankets. They're normally nine dollars, okay? Well, they're on sale for seven forty nine, but there is a Kroger digital coupon that you can clip and you can use it up to five times and it makes each of those appetizers just five ninety nine.
0: Okay. So all right. That's
7: a great deal, so you, and you could have a variety. You don't have to do five of all mozzarella sticks. So like you could buy five different types of appetizers that you can use for your tailgating for Thursday uh, football game.
0: Okay, so you could get whatever appetizers they've got available. You could have like a smorgasbord of that for the uh, the Colts and Broncos game.
7: Yep. Yep and then also the cooked perfect meatballs or the frozen meatballs and they are really good meatballs. I really like them and I love when I catch them on sale. They're normally uh 9.49 almost $10 a bag. They're on sale for 7.99, but again, there's a Kroger digital coupon that you have to clip on their uh, app that they have and it makes them 5.99 a bag. So then you have your appetizers and now you got some meatballs as well.
0: So you have to have the Kroger app. It's not enough just to have a Kroger oh. card or a rewards number that you type in at the checkout. Oh. You actually have to have the Kroger app, right?
7: You have to have the Kroger app, and you have to clip these coupons in order to get to what they're called weekly digital deals.
0: Um, One more thing here before we let you go. I've had somebody ask me if you have any tips on milk or OJ or, like, breakfast items because, again, things are so damn ridiculously expensive, and then there's supply chain issues. There's no signs of things getting any better anytime soon. Do you have any insight
7: on that? Well, this week at Kroger, um, they're half gallons of milk. They are on sale for $1.99. But again, they are also part of that Kroger digital deal where they have a coupon that makes them $1.29. So what I want to tell people is I know normally if you buy a bigger bulk, you think you get a better price. It's not in this case. If you buy a one-gallon container of milk at Kroger right now, it's $3.29. But if you buy two of the half gallons of milk and you've clipped that Kroger digital coupon, you're only paying $2.58 for a gallon of milk.
0: So it's cheaper to buy the two half gallons compared yep. to the big gallon.
7: Yeah. And act, and you can actually buy up to five half gallons at that price for $1.29.
0: Oh, that's a big deal. They let you buy five. All right. Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> if Anybody has any questions for you or they have questions about the couponing process. What's the best way to get a hold of you?
7: Just find me on social media. You just have to I mean I'm I'm with my name. It's Crystal Hammer and you just have to search it. It's but it's spelled C H R Y S T A L just like the stripper.
0: Thank you. God bless you. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, right?
7: That is correct. Crazy
0: Coupon Lady. I will see you tonight. All right. Love you. Love you. All right, Casey Daniels, the side piece. I just spoke to my wife. Now the side piece is coming in the studio. We'll have that conversation coming up.
7: I think it's awesome. The Hammer
1: and Nigel Show on ninety-three WIPC. You rock. She's
0: my It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. And Casey Daniels has sauntered into the studio Mm -hmm. for the
3: side piece. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So, Nigel's off again. Can we talk about him? Oh, please. Let's talk about Nigel since he's not here to defend himself. That's what we do. I want to know who his agent is. Because (laughs) whoever Nigel's agent is, I would like to work up a contract for moi. Because he seems to have a lot of days off, Hammer.
0: The thing is... He gets the same amount of vacation days as I do, but he uses up all this sick time, too, because he's a raging alcoholic who's fat and doesn't take care of himself. He always comes down with these illnesses, and guess who's here to carry this thing? I know. Moi. It's
3: all on your shoulders.
0: See, this is why I've got, like, a bad rotator cuff. It's from carrying the show all these years. That's why. It's, it's up here on my shoulders.
3: Well, if he's not feeling well, I hope that he gets better, but... Dude, come on. <laughs> right. And you're not the only person that's
0: noticed that. People have decided to name this show Hammer and Friends. <laughs>
3: right. Because, because you never know who's going to be in with you. Right. You haven't had to do the emergency call to Hammer the Younger to come fill in, <laughs> which is my nickname for your son.
0: He no. might be here next week because uh, Captain Fatass isn't going to be here the rest of this week. And then all of next week, with the exception of Friday, he comes back on Beer Sample Friday.
3: Perfect. Perfect day. Uh, he does that intentionally. So is he out on vacation right now, or is he sick?
0: He's out on vacation. It's okay. fall break, so they went down to uh, Tampa. Oh. Now, they were concerned... There might not be a Tampa to go to right. this time about a week ago, but mm-hmm. looks like Tampa was spared yes. the majority of the hits from Hurricane Ian.
3: Well, I hope he's enjoying it down there and he can say hello to Ron DeSantis for all of us <laughs> while he's there. Right. You know.
0: All right. So, I want to get to know you just a little bit here, Casey. Oh, okay. So, we've got the this isn't close. This isn't close enough, this small studio here? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. we can get closer. Trust okay. me. Okay, okay. Uh, well, at least HR told me I can't. Can't get to a certain level, right? <laughs> so we've got midterms coming up a little bit over five weeks away here, mm-hmm. and kind of like myself and Nige, mm-hmm. you've worked in radio for a long time, but you <laughs> yeah. jock the hits. Yep. You were somebody that was told keep your political views to yourself, mm-hmm. don't say anything, mm-hmm. just talk about how awesome the music is that you're playing, mm-hmm. and every once in a while do something wacky, right? Here at WIBC, Mm -hmm. we get the green light to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can completely talk about whatever we want to, and I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity that our bosses give us. They never tell us to stop saying something or cool it. They don't. It's amazing. Yeah. So you've been here for how long now? Six months this week. Six months this week. Yeah. When you talk politics on the radio, Mm -hmm. television or radio, Mm -hmm. it's substantially different than doing Jocking the hits on the radio. Yeah. What's it been like for you? Take me through this six months inside one of the most powerful news talk stations in America. I know. Isn't
3: that crazy? So it is. It's interesting. When you're not working on a political news talk station, you try to keep your opinion to yourself because you want as many people to come through the door as possible. And you don't want to offend somebody. Be nice. Right. Be likable. Be fun. It's like Michael Jordan used to say, Republicans buy shoes too. Mm-hmm. That's
0: why he never got involved in politics.
3: Yeah. And so when I first came here to WIBC, I mean, talk about a learning process. Wow. It's like, no, 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 no. We want your opinion. And that's taken a little bit to get used to. And of course, you know, I'm paired with someone who is very opinionated. (laughs) Rob. So when I get that second to get it in there, I try. But it has been a, a learning curve for me because they keep saying, no, no, no. Come on, more from you, more. Tell us what you think, what's going on in your head. And I'm just so not used to that. It's been 30 years. Of don't tell me what you think to the exact opposite of what do you think? Well, I don't know. Am I allowed to tell you? Yes, that's what you're getting paid for. On one
0: hand, do you feel relief that you can just say whatever you want? You mm-hmm. can be yourself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you're right. 30 years, you've been told. Just keep your mouth shut. Suppress it. Suppress it. Suppress it. It's a hard habit to break. Sometimes it is a
3: hard habit to break, and you'd think that it would come bursting out of me like a volcano. You know, like oh my gosh, the levees broke, and blah, here it comes. (laughs) but it's still it's not like that it still is there's that little voice behind me like is this okay am i going to offend someone and then you know there's uh, rob who's got all this bravado and opinion and it just comes shooting out of him and being paired with him has taught me so much and i'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here and be surrounded with people like you and nigel and our bosses who are you know encouraging and welcoming and but at the same time are are allowing me to get there at my own pace. Now, I'm
0: assuming you probably thought you had a pretty thick skin before you got here. Well, yeah. When you talk politics, Uh when that becomes, you know, your main topic of conversation Mm -hmm. in a broadcast medium, Mm -hmm. you learn a completely different definition of having a thick skin. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, you do. The good thing is that for the most part, the majority of the WIBC listeners are supportive and they're behind you and they, they, you know, they're, they're championing you because the listeners
0: are great, but there are mm, trolls
1: though.
3: There are trolls, uh, but many of them are sharing the same opinions that you are. So that's kind of a safe space, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely different when you're allowed to give your opinion and you haven't been used to doing that.
0: So do you embrace the hate mail that comes in? Because I embrace it. It's material for us. Mm-hmm. Rob
3: loves it. Yes. he Where does. are you at? Haters go to the front of the line. He says, <laughs> OK, so this is the thing for years. I've always uh, thought to myself, don't take advice that you wouldn't take. Don't take advice from someone that you wouldn't take. No, wait. Don't take criticism. You can get, from you gotta get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up the butcher's ass. <laughs> I can't even say it right. Don't take <laughs> criticism from someone you won't take advice from. There we That's go. That's the saying. Okay, so you know I've always thought that, but it's never become real m- more real to me than working here at WIBC. And again, working with you guys has taught me you got to be a little Teflon when it comes to that stuff. And it, how
0: long did it take you to tell a listener to go blank themselves on Twitter?
3: Well, i never done that oh come on no. Really? yeah because you know what I feel like wow. they, just, they just want that that attention and I'm not gonna give it to them. I'm not going to invite <laughs> that into my life okay like, this I see is, what you're saying this is my space when I'm at home and I'm on social media if it's somebody who's attacking me you know what okay great you have your opinion I have mine but I don't need to invite that in on a daily basis you're right How- I
0: punch down sometimes yeah. I admit it I punch down but sometimes I'll get bored I'll be sitting on the can. I got my phone out. Ah, blank you.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, you know what? That's something that I'm still getting used to and and getting stronger at, I think. And I've learned a lot from Rob when it comes to that. And I have to tell you, Hammer, it's kind of liberating. Like when I would get negative feedback from complete strangers who are allowed to have their opinion. Sure. Wow, it would be crushing because for 30 years I tried to be nice and likable and friendly. And when someone says something mean, it's like, where is that coming from? I'm nice, I'm friendly. But here at WIBC, when you give your opinion, if they don't agree with it, yeah they're gonna come for you um so it's it's kind of nice once you realize okay forget you right um, you know you can let it go and it it doesn't bother me as much as it used to so i'm i'm actually really grateful to have learned that hard lesson here
0: and it's okay to block somebody on social mm-hmm. media i see some people that do like a victory lap i got blocked by so and so if you do a victory lap because you were blocked by somebody what does chance, that say about you chances are you were probably being a troll to begin with mm-hmm. and it takes a lot for somebody to get blocked by nigel and i right we kind of allow a lot to go on Mm -hmm. but if you're a habitual pain in the ass and it's constant and it's all the time or you cross a line of some kind whether it's you know racial homophobic going after our family something like that then yeah we block people from time to time
3: i think a lot of it has to do with just having some confidence in yourself and conviction in your own thoughts and you know what I'm worthy of having an opinion, too. If you don't agree with it, fine. But at least I'm able to express it.
0: Casey Daniels with us, part of the Kendall and Casey show every Monday through Friday, nine to noon here at 93 WIBC. All right. Tom Brady and Giselle. Mm-hmm. They're both about to be on the market here.
3: <laughs> Did you see, I don't know, was that real or not, the, the tweet from Zach Miller?
0: Zach Wilson.
3: Z- Zach Wilson, yeah. Oh, it's
0: totally fake, but I love it.
3: I do. I, th- I just thought it was so funny. We got funny. that
0: posted on our Facebook page because the reputation of Zach Wilson is that he's cougar bait.
3: Right, right, exactly. And he hooked like, up
0: with some of his mom's hot friends, uh-huh. allegedly.
3: Looking at you, Giselle. I got you. <laughs> I got you, baby. For sure. I think it's hilarious. But, you know, when it comes to Tom and Giselle, Rob and I discussed it on the air. Like, is this something you want to talk about? You don't want to talk about it? It's their personal, private life. But, hey, these are two people that have invited the public into their life. So it's okay. We We can talk about it. But I look at it as kind of, you know what? he He said a few weeks ago i'm forty five, I got a lot of stuff going on, right? Right? And isn't that just a bit comforting to you to know that these are these multimillionaires, they're good looking people. They've got all the success, the happy family, yet they're struggling too. It just kind of makes me feel like, uh, okay, if they're having problems, it's okay when I have problems. It's uh, It normalizes it just a bit that if the richest people in the world have issues, it's okay for the non-richest people in the world to have issues as well. So I want to see the
0: list of chicks that Tom Brady hooks up with here in the next <laughs> year and a half. Because I'm telling you, this may be the one guy in America that mm-hmm. could walk into any bar mm-hmm. at his age right and now. he pull something awesome. And he will leave with the hottest woman mm-hmm. there, and he can have his choice. Like, mm-hmm. I think Tom Brady could walk into a bar with George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio. And he's the one who's going to get the girl? Efron, and he leaves with the hottest chick there. <laughs> you think so? Quarterback, the greatest of all time. Tom Brady.
3: Okay, well, you know what? I've seen a few memes of different people saying, hey, Giselle, you know, looking at you. Right. I haven't seen any memes of women. Hey, Tom.
0: Oh, they're, they're there. <laughs> they're in his so DMs.
3: Me. They're not out in
0: public. They're sliding in those DMs. Right,
3: right. Okay, well, maybe he just needs to pass out
0: that phone number. So, our website right now looks like it's a project done by a middle school kid. There's a lot of work <laughs> being done, so the side piece isn't up there right now, it's but not. where can we find more information about you, your amazing radio program, and all the things that you do.
3: Well, I would say wibc.com, <laughs> but you know, um, I'm on Twitter, Casey Daniels 317. There you go. I'm also on TikTok, Casey Daniels 317, and I'm also on Instagram, Casey Daniels 317. And yes, the website is a work in progress. They're we'll trying there. to
0: fix it as fast as they can. We're just joking.
3: So do we have time? I know this is going long. No, we don't have time. I just, one piece of advice, quickly, W I night. Well,
0: you want advice from me? Yeah. Anything goes. Okay. Let it rip. Because these people paid to see you. This isn't free on the radio. They're paying good <laughs> money, so we take this so personally. bring it. Right, bring it. Okay. Say all the things you can't say on the radio. Do all the things you can't do here at the office. Okay. Give them their money's worth. Got it. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. All right, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Went a little long with Casey Daniels right there, but that's all right. We got rolling. We got to talking about stuff. That happens. Uh, Just a reminder, though, tickets are going fast for a night with WIBC presented by the amazing folks at Relay Indiana. Uh, As of this morning, there were just 150 left, which means we sold about 50 tickets or so yesterday. So at this rate... This bad boy is going to sell out very quickly. Get your tickets right now. We've got the link for tickets on our Facebook and Twitter. I think we have it pinned at the top. Just look for Hammer and Nigel. And you can also just go to the Ticketmaster website and search for WIBC, A Night with WIBC, where we get to be completely free of any restrictions. We get to have a lot of fun, and it's right before the midterms. So we want you guys to be fired up. We're going to be fired up, and this is going to be a fun night. A Night with WIBC presented by Relay Indiana. Tickets are on sale right now. This will sell out. The previous two times we've done it, sold out. We're on our way right now to selling this bad boy out. Less than 150 left. Ticketmaster.com. Search for WIBC. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.